And a lot of times you're so close, but it's just around the corner and you can't see it. This is a marathon. This is a marathon and it's not a sprint. And so get clarity on what it looks like when you're, your why, your burn, your drive, the person you're becoming, that second version of you. And when you can see it, you know, along the way, when you hit that hurdle and instead of focusing just on the problem and where you're at and how to get out of this slump that you're in, instead of that, you're still focused on the finish line. You're still focused on where you're going. another episode of The Burn. I am Ben Newman, and you know how we do this every single week. We are going to bring you stories of athletes, celebrities, entertainers, entrepreneurs who understand that why and purpose is not enough. There's this underlying burn and fire that ignites why and purpose that causes them to have the necessary disciplines and actions to understand what it means to perform at your highest possible level. We have a special guest today, Jamie Villalobos, who's getting ready to release her brand new book, Happy and Strong. You better pick yourself up a copy because our mutual friend, Ed Milet, wrote the forward for my last book, Uncommon Leadership, wrote the forward for Happy and Strong. This book is heavily being endorsed by John Maxwell. You're going to find out very quickly that Jamie is a powerhouse Jamie is a mom. Jamie is an entrepreneur. Jamie is a highly successful business owner. And Jamie also has some similar beliefs about balance that I have. So I'm very excited about this conversation. And Jamie, welcome to The Burn. Thank you, Ben. I'm so excited. I've, uh, I love the show. I love what you're doing. And it's, it's my privilege to be here today. I'm, I'm really excited, fired up to, to be with you today. Well, I know when this connection was made for the two of us, I was excited to be able to do this because you've had such a great path of success. You know, even being part of Arate Syndicate, which there are so many dear friends of mine and coaching clients that are in that group. And so you have surrounded yourself with some amazing individuals, but there's a reason why. It's because of your story and your success and your energy. And I know we're going to feel that in the book. But if you could, for us, help us better understand maybe where your burn comes from, because I know your story, yes, there's high levels of success, multi-seven-figure businesses, but tell us the rags and riches story of how you got to where you are today. Yeah, well, I grew up very poor, actually, um, came from a, a broken home, my parents Grew up in an alcoholic and uh, abusive home, and uh, they moved us to Montana when I was just a baby. And grew up kind of on the edge of town in a little trailer. Grew up on food stamps, welfare, you know, WIC, those types of things. And I was the oldest of six kids, so there, there's a big age gap between me and the other kids. So I always felt super responsible to do good, to help them, not just to make money uh, and and help support my family, but it was more like I wanted to win so bad. I wanted to win so big that it was undeniable that it doesn't matter where we came from. It doesn't matter what happened to us or what we went through. All that matters is where we wanted to go and what we wanted to do with our life. So after high school, I, I moved out of Montana and came to California just to work, you know, try to pay my way through school and got a corporate job after about four and a half years, got real sick of, uh, you know, having an income stealing, working so hard, not making enough money and 
I uh, started my own business at 22. And what type of business was that? Help everybody better better understand how you've done what you've done. I want to, we got to hear this. Well, the first business was in the financial industry. And luckily I had amazing mentors like Ed Milet. Uh, but it was a very male dominated industry. And again, I was 22. I probably looked like I was 12. So I didn't think a lot of people would buy financial services from me. Plus, I didn't know anybody <clears throat> in California. It wasn't like I had a good, you know, big market to go and sell to. Um, so I was just kind of getting started out and looked for mentors, people that were where I wanted to be and was super, super coachable to these mentors and started growing uh, pretty quickly there. So for those individuals who are listening, who might be struggling with, as we often talk about, getting off the sideline and into the game, and they're trying to define what success means, and they're back at those beginnings of starting a business and deciding how do I get to the next level. What were you doing back then that caused you to have this future success that you're now enjoying? Oh, man, there's so many things. <clears throat> I mean, I, I knew, again, female young, uh, pretty much all the odds were stacked against me, but I knew I could outwork everyone else. <laughs> so I was, you know, the first in the office. I was the last to leave. I was kind of a sponge to, to all of the mentors. Uh, I was in service really of all of the leaders, mentors around me. Um, sometimes like I was a free assistant, just trying to be in service to them so that they would want to answer my questions first, want to help me first and, uh, and just, just outworking everyone. And you can, you can almost beat probably about 80% of the people out there just being a good person and, and working hard. But then there was more on top of it. I, you know, I, um, I didn't have a market. I didn't have uh, people to talk to. I didn't uh, have any clientele. Um, but, but I wanted it so bad. You know, like I, I would remind myself constantly that there was those little kids back in Montana. Those little, uh, my nine-year-old sister was raising twins that had just been born, my youngest uh, siblings. And my stepmom was very ill. She's had about 50 surgeries and she was addicted at that time to the narcotics that they had put her on. So she was bedridden. And so my nine-year-old sister was raising these babies. And I remember one time being in the office, kind of casual, you know, I, I, now I was, I was, <laughs> again, I was struggling when I got my business started. I was living in a little tiny apartment, paying my office rent on credit card, wondering if I was <laughs> going to ever make it. Uh, eating top ramen, you know, those types of things. But I was, I, again, I knew I, if I just put my heart into this thing long enough, I could get it going. But I remember being in the office, kind of chatting with people, being a little bit casual. And one of my sisters called me and uh, we, were, we were talking, she was about nine, like I said at the time. And I heard in the background screaming and I heard, mommy's dead, mommy's dead. And uh, she put the phone down, she put the phone down and she kind of went and handled it. And it was a lot of chaos. And Finally, she came back to the phone. I said, what happened? You know, what, what happened here? You know, what's going on? Why the baby screaming? And she said, oh, my mom tried to get out of bed and she was kind of foaming at the mouth and I had to throw water in her face and smack her and get her back in her bed. And, you know, I finished my conversation with my sister, but when I was done, I walked down the hall to the bathroom in the office and I was just in tears and I was crying and I just looked in the mirror and I just cussed myself out. I was so pissed off at myself for wasting time, you know, that I'm sitting here casually in the office, kind of making phone calls, kind of BSing with people in the office. And they're sitting in that trailer in Montana, digging through freaking couch cushions to find coins to go buy milk for the babies. And I'm, I'm the one, I'm the only one that could make a difference there. And so I just got so pissed at myself for wasting time. And uh, from that moment, 
I think that's where I think that burn came from. It was like, I had this very clear vision of the woman I wanted to become, the leader I wanted to become, the um, entrepreneur, the, the impact I wanted to make and what I wanted to do for my family. I wanted to be a hero to those girls and, and my, you know, my siblings and my clients and my teammates, but I wanted to be that hero that said, you know what, again, it doesn't matter where we came from. We can go make it happen. We can go change our, our family tree. And, um, and that point on, you know, like I said, I was the first in the office, the last to leave. It, it didn't matter if someone told me no, it didn't matter if someone quit on me, it didn't matter. And, um, and I just wanted to move that vision that I had for my life and my, for my family closer to today. Every day was just trying to move that closer to today. Jamie, this is so powerful. I, I'm listening very intently. I hope everybody else is. For those who maybe don't listen quite as intently as I do, I hope you paid attention to what Jamie said. She said she was sitting there at work wondering if she would make it. And then she had the phone call that flipped the switch, that lit the fire, the burn inside of her, that caused her to go look in the mirror, curse herself out, and never look back. You know, a lot of times, Jamie, I have these moments when I'm doing coaching work with individuals, and we reach a moment like that. And oftentimes, I'll remind an athlete or a business professional, and they'll tell themselves, I'm not going back there. And that's almost that moment for you. It was you went from wondering to believing that you would do it. And I think for so many people listening, I hope you can capture the power and the strength of the pain that Jamie's sharing she had to go through, but the power of her believing in herself to moving her self-talk from wondering if she could make it to believing that she could make it and not going back there. So Jamie, I, I, I know for you, you focus so much on not only building your business, but building leaders around you and then helping people scale. Mm -hmm. For that individual who just, they haven't even started to believe in themselves yet. How important is the power of vision like you had once you flipped that switch to not just think small, like, oh, now I believe I can make it, but to believe that one day you'd be releasing a book called Happy and Strong, teaching people how to build businesses, how to build leaders, and how to scale. You had to have given yourself permission to think that big, not just permission to look in the mirror and get after it. Yeah, I mean, you can imagine, again, growing up in poverty, I had very small thinking. No one in my family has ever made any money or been successful at anything. And so coming into business, again, grateful I had vision stretchers around me, Ed Milet and other great leaders that would challenge my thinking constantly. And, uh, and so I would sit down and create this vision for my life or, you know, for my, my family or for my business or for my income or the person I wanted to become. And then when I would be, you know, complete, when I would complete my, my goals or my, uh, my vision, I would ask myself, is this enough to inspire others, the people that are following me? And then I would rewrite it. Sometimes I'd ask if Ed was at my level in business, would this be his plan? Would this be, <laughs> and then I would rewrite it and I rewrite it until it was freaking scary for me. Until it was like, oh my gosh, this is so big and so scary, but what if, oh my gosh, this would be so amazing. Is it possible? Well, yeah, it's kind of possible because it's already kind of been done in a different way, but it's been done. So I, if they can do it, then I can do it too. I just got to figure out what they did and not make their mistakes and work harder and get there faster. And so I would constantly, not just like at the beginning of the year, but almost like 
almost daily sometimes would be updating my vision and keeping it in front of me all the time, stoking that fire all the time. When I didn't want to make a phone call or I didn't want to go out on an appointment or I didn't want to, you know, I wanted to, let's say, flip on the TV or something. Instead, I would look at a picture of my sisters and imagine what they were doing right now. Um, you know, what was going on in their life. Uh, I would think like, you know, they're counting on you. Let's go, let's go. It's right now. Right now's the time. There's no better time. There's been times that I've wanted to to quit when it just got so hard. I, I, I got 60 grand in debt, again, paying my office rent on my credit card. And um, I had, you know, a ton of people quit in my business and these clients, you know, cancel. And it was just a really bad, hard, hard time. And I remember saying, you know, I'm going to quit. And uh, my, my husband, he was my boyfriend at the time said, oh, you're not going to quit. I know you, you'll never quit. And he's so optimistic all the time. And I said, you watch me, you try to do it yourself. I got a little mean a little bit, you know, but then I went to bed that night and just, you know, so frustrated and I couldn't sleep. And in my mind was my goals, my dreams, my sisters, everything that I had been reading and putting that again, that vision in front of me, I, I put it everywhere. I put it on my mirror. I put it on my steering wheel of my car, constantly stoking the fire for myself, constantly using my emotions to pull rank on, um, on what I was thinking and what I was doubting and all these self, you know, limiting beliefs that I kept having, kept using my, my, my vision to stoke the fire so that my dreams always were bigger than those fears. Uh, but uh, th that night I, I got up in the middle of the night because my, my goals were kind of playing out, you know, my mind. And in the dark, I searched around to find my, my little business plan, my little goals. And I brought it into the bathroom and I read it out loud over and over again in tears crying, it started to even get louder and louder until I could feel it. And uh, just again, relit that fire that, you know, it doesn't matter. It's there's, and I made a decision, I think that night that no matter what happened, no matter how hard it got, there was nothing that was gonna make me quit. And I wasn't gonna quit on them. So powerful. I, I love your vulnerability, your authenticity, sharing with people that you wanted to quit. There are periods of time when I was a financial advisor back in 2010. Many people have heard that story that, you know, I wanted to be done, right? I was speaking, writing, coaching. What do I need this for anymore? And, you know, we all go through those periods of time, but I think it's important that you recognize it and realize it so you draw different action and you build strength as a result of it. Now, hearing you talk, I know there's a lot of people who are wondering, now, wait a second. You know, we hear a lot of, of Jamie being tied to the word balance, and she believes in balance, and we should have balance. Yet you and I think of balance in a similar way. So I want to paint this picture accurately, because I think there's a lot of people who are being pushed down a road of what many people say balance is, mm -hmm. so that they can be content, complacent, and not actually do what it takes to be successful. Right. I believe that you and I feel that balance is, is very similar. Balance actually comes with great sacrifice. Yes. I always say that the price of greatness is sacrifice. So you can have balance, but you're going to have to work really, really hard, like Jamie alluded to. You can have balance by focusing on multiple areas of your life and tapping your capacity. Too many coaches say, well, there's no time to eat healthier to work out because you got to put it all into your business. Then you'll take care of those things later. And I believe that's a cop-out for the coaches who aren't willing to do it themselves. Right. You can focus on family. You can focus on nutrition. You can focus on working out. You can focus on growing a business. You can focus on leaders. You can focus on serving others. 
by having intentional days. We call it a prize fighter day to have balance, but it's balance that comes with a hell of a lot of work, a hell of a lot of sacrifice, and a belief that you have to tap into everything that you have one day at a time to be the best that you can be. So I believe that balance is attacking all areas of your life, not a word that allows people to be content, complacent. Oh, thanks for telling me to have balance. I just work a little bit and then I'll go take time off. Right. Jamie, I, I know we see eye to eye on this. Share your beliefs on balance. Yes, that was so good. Yeah, you know, I believe that success demands that you pay a price. And I believe that you should pay that price upfront and in full. I don't, I don't believe in the long, stretch it out, <laughs> be in the, you know, grind forever way, just upfront in full. Um, and, but I also believe that if the sacrifice that you have to make is your marriage or your family, you know, your faith, then that price is probably too high. I think that you can win at the highest levels in business and making multiple seven figures. I mean, I, I'm a testimony of that and still you know, have uh, your faith and family come first. Yet you can't use it as an excuse. I coach so many people and I, this crap that comes out of their mouth when they use their health or they use their family as an excuse, uh, it, it shuts the, the mouth of their mentors. Never use your family, your faith, or your health as an excuse because the people that are trying to coach you and help you, it shuts their mouth and now they can't help you get pa past yourself. They can't help you get out of your own way. So for me, I made a decision a long time ago that any excuse, no matter how valid, is still an excuse and it only weakens your character. So I won't let it come out of my mouth. And I, instead of using my family, for example, as uh, an excuse, in a reason, a cop-out so that you can fail and have an alibi for it. Instead, I use it as my why, my burn, my fuel to win. I use it as my emotional motivator. All my business plans, my goals, they're not even business plans. I call it my emotional game plan. And it's those things that I use to feel, feel it. But, uh, but as far as balance goes, you know, how, how I've looked at it is, you know, um, what good would it be if you're making millions of dollars, but in the end, you're still not happy? You're still chasing happiness. Uh, you're, you know, or in the end, you're you're divorced, or your kids don't want to talk to you, or you're unhealthy, and now using all this money to buy back your health. And so I've learned through lots of trial and error, lots of mistakes, lots of incredible mentors in every area. I'm a big student of the science of happiness, and of course, I, you know, in, in entrepreneurialism and and uh, business success. But um, kind of put it all together in this book, Happy and Strong. That's the reason I wrote the book is because over, over so many years of coaching people to get to you know, six and seven figure incomes in business as entrepreneurs and leadership development, I found that I was most passionate about helping people when they'd come to me and say, hey, Jamie, I'm making a half a million dollars now, but I'm fighting with my wife. And now we can't figure out our roles or, or whatever. Or they'll say, Jamie, you know, I, I, I'm unhappy because I don't have enough time with my kids. And so what I found is these guys, these high achiever guys and gals, They'll, they'll go for it and they buy into the stuff that's out there like faith, family, fitness, whatever. And then they, again, use it as an excuse of why they're not winning uh, or to slow down or they'll plateau. They'll get to a- Isn't, But, but that, that becomes the issue, right? I mean, you're nailing this, Jamie, is that people actually, they want the excuse, right? People are wired to want the excuse, to want yeah. comfort. I hope you're listening to what Jamie's saying. You have got to silence the self-talk and make the choice. Her words here, to pay in full and upfront. 
not pay a little bit, not ask for a discount, not ask if you can put it on a credit card, but to pay with sacrifice, to pay with hard work up front and in full. And that's what most people are unwilling to do. That's why I'm so excited for your book, because it's not just scratching the surface of success. It's success, building leaders, teaching how to scale, right? It's teaching all these levels and not being content and just settling where you are. It, it's going to be an incredible book. My, my least favorite word in the English language is settle because you can have it all. You can. And, you know, your, your family's not going to be the price that you pay, but you're doing it for them. So whenever I create my goals, my vision, my plan, I have these different categories of faith or spiritual goals, family goals, fitness goals, and my business savings, finance goals. And so I'll, I'll kind of create my whole plan with each of these areas in mind. So every day as I'm reading my vision and when I'm, I'm getting excited again, it rebalances me, you know, cause, cause we're, you know, like you, I'm very focused on the, my next goal, my next, you know, thing I'm trying to accomplish. And we can get very caught up in that. And uh, it could be all about that, all consuming about this business goal that we have. And so every night as I read this plan, it rebalances me because it has me focus on my faith goals, my fitness goals, my, right. And so uh, I've learned to kind of structure a lot of little tools, a lot of little things, learn to, I have scripts for people of how to take things off your plate, how to say no. Mm and how to set boundaries with people that are your time suckers, you know, <laughs> sucking up all your time. And, uh, but still you can have the self-care. You can have the, you know, the wellness and the, the, the personal, you know, uh, you know, putting yourself first, putting your family first and still go after your biggest goals and dreams. And, and that's why I'm so excited about this book because I want that, you know, when you get there, that you're, you're fulfilled, you're happy. And along the way as well, and uh, I, Ed calls it being blissfully dissatisfied. You keep chasing the big dream. And I just see so many people stop or they'll plateau and they'll start to make excuses like, well, maybe this is enough. You know, I've worked pretty hard for a long time. Maybe this is enough. And they have this finish line. But there's no finish line because when you hit the finish line, you're finished. I don't want to be finished. I want to continue to keep growing. I want to keep getting better. I want to keep chasing that next version of me. And so you need to learn how to uh, constantly increase your capacity for growth and for serving others. And, uh, and so, and then having balance, because, you know, that's one thing I think that um, this book will teach you is to not burn out. Hold so, that book up a little longer. Cause it's a, it's a great looking cover too. <laughs> yeah. Jamie, yeah. let me, let me mention this for everybody to, to tie this all together and then to have, have you leave us with a final thought. This is, this has been so powerful. Your energy, your enthusiasm, your passion is absolutely contagious. I want everybody to think limiting self-talk connecting to your burn leads to mother of four multiple seven figure a year business and leading others to do the same. How could you not pick up a copy of Happy and Strong? It drops on May the 17th. And don't take my word for it. Take it from Ed Milet. Take it from John Maxwell. This is a book that's going to help you change how you think and how you show up in life. We're going to make sure that we drop in the notes for the show all the ways that you can stay connected with Jamie on social media, all the ways that you can pick up your copy of Happy and Strong, but because I'm connected so much to your passion and energy, emotion, Jamie, I'm going to let you finish the show. So I'm going to turn it over to you for a final thought here on The Burn. And thank you so much for being with us. 
Awesome. You know, well, you said something a minute ago, Ben, that, you know, it's okay to be hurting. It's okay to be down. You know, most people have thought about quitting. And I think that's true. It's okay to be hurting. It's okay to be down. It's just not okay to quit. And so something that all the champions, that the, the championship athletes, the top one percenters in income and business, we all, you know, one thing we often common, we all went through the crap. We've all had hard times. We've all had adversity. We've all had sickness in our family or, you know, these distractions but we did it anyway. We just did it anyway. So my message to you would be that you can have it all. You can do it. Uh, if I can do it, if I can do it, I promise you can. If this little girl from Montana grew up in a trailer in poverty can come and completely change her family's legacy, her family tree forever, you can too, but it's not going to be easy. You are going to have to work. You are, you are going to have to make sacrifices. Those sacrifices won't be your family. They won't be your happiness if you're doing it right. But here's the deal. There is two of you. I believe there's two of you. There's a guy or gal that is and the one that is to be or meant to be. And to get there, it's not this and it's not easy. It's like up and, you know, it's climbing through the valleys to the peaks. And then again, through the valley, there's going to be adversity. There's going to be hard times. There's going to be times that you just don't even want to go anymore. And uh, there's going to be pandemics for goodness sake. And you just can't quit. And so just know that those adversities are a part of the process and therefore you're good. Therefore you're good. We cannot get to that best version of ourselves without those hard things. And each of those hard things are a gift if we, if we look at it that way to make us, like you said, Ben, stronger, better. So look, when you're in the crap and even if you're at the lowest of your low right now, you know, it doesn't matter. A boxer could get knocked down 33 times, but if he gets up 34, he still has a chance at a championship. And so just keep picking yourself up, get clarity, get clarity. If you, again, a lot of times you're so close, but it's just around the corner and you can't see it. This is a marathon. This is a marathon and it's not a sprint. And so get clarity on what it looks like when you, your why, your burn, your drive, the person you're becoming, that second version of you. And when you can see it, you know, along the way, when you hit that hurdle and instead of focusing just on the problem and where you're at and how to get out of this slump that you're in, instead of that, you're still focused on the finish line. You're still focused on where you're going. And so you'll keep going and you'll learn how to, if you have to crawl under the hurdle or reach out to a mentor sometimes to be dragged across it if you have to, but you'll get there. So um, um, thank you, Ben, for having me on today and just know you guys that, that if I can do it, you can do it. Share this episode with somebody needs that needs to feel the fire that comes from Jamie Villalobos. Pick up a copy of her book so that you can take it to the next level of your life. This is The Burn, and we look forward to seeing you next week. This episode of The Burn Podcast is powered by BenNewmanCoaching.com, your number one source for increasing consistency in your life and building the mental toughness habits required to live the life of your dreams. From self-paced courses to live coaching with Ben and everything in between, head over to BenNewmanCoaching.com and join the thousands of members working to unlock their peak performance every day.